0: Thank you for joining us. Our goal at Church of the Rock is to help you know God, live free, and find purpose. To learn more about us, please check out our website at churchoftherock.ca or stay connected with our free app available for Apple and Android devices.
1: You know, and as we wrap up this uh, six-week series of The Greater Perspective, uh, we have been diving into the Sermon on the Mount. And throughout that amazing sermon, I hope you didn't miss this. Jesus kept saying time and time again, you've heard it said, but I say. You've heard it said, but I say. Basically, you've heard what the world has told you. You've heard what our culture has told you. But I'm calling you to something completely different. And he went on to say something so counterintuitive and countercultural, it was pretty radical, actually. It's still pretty radical when you think about it. And over these past several weeks during this campaign, we have learned that if you really dive into the Sermon on the Mount, you will see that Jesus is calling us to a life that is completely opposite to the world. Amen? You might even say it's a little upside down. From our culture today You know, over these last several weeks We have been called to live our life From the inside out We've been called to navigate this world With a biblical perspective We've been called to humility And so many other things And I just want to encourage you That if we embrace what we have learned Over these last few weeks It will turn your life upside down but in the very best way. Amen. You know, throughout this campaign, we have been reminded how God, how good God is and the importance of spending time with Jesus in prayer. And you know, when we do that, when we spend time with Jesus, he, he transforms our situations by first transforming our hearts and our minds. Just last week in the study, we went through Romans 12, verse two, and it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I don't know about you, but I need some help with some of the thoughts that come into my head. (laughs) I mean, I can, I can go to some pretty dark places inside my head. And I joke, but it's, it's kind of serious. I would love to have all the time back that I have spent thinking and obsessing and worrying and being scared about things that never even happened. I would love to have that time back. But you know what? God takes those thoughts and he redeems those. We just need to offer that up to him. And let him transform the way we think. Because as Pastor Mark said early on in this series, you know, what we believe becomes our thoughts and our thoughts become our words and our words become our actions, right? So we need to allow God to transform the way we think. And that happens from spending time with him. That happens from being in a relationship with Jesus. How many here are married? Married, yeah. You can be a little happier about it. How did you grow those relationships? I mean, I don't need all the the details, but (laughs) you know, it took time, didn't it? You had to spend time together. You had to intentionally choose to spend time together. You had to listen to each other. And you still have to listen to each other. That's what a relationship is. And so we're going to take a few moments here and we're going to listen to God. We've got son, who's here with our prophetic team, and she's going to share her word. But first, I want you to take a moment and spend some time with Jesus. We've learned a lot these last several weeks, but I want you to just take a moment of silence right now and say, Jesus, what is it you want me to do with this knowledge? I want to listen to you. Let's do that together.
2: just ask you to keep your eyes closed as you hear this word from God. I believe that God is extending an invitation to you, to us, an invitation to begin again. Begin again with him and begin again with others in your family, your community, your work, your neighborhood. I see a picture of you walking. You're walking along and you come and you see Jesus extending his hand out to you and he invites you to walk with him. So you take his hand and you're walking with him and talking with him and some of you are sharing some deep things, some hard things. You've been through some hard things and you're just sharing your heart. You're crying and others of you are just walking in silence. You know how good friends sometimes just walk in silence and there doesn't have to be words said, but you know and you enjoy the comfort of each other's company. And I see others of you laughing and joking with Jesus, telling him some funny dad jokes or whatever, and he's just delighting in you, and he just is maybe telling jokes back to you as well. And then I see someone coming up and saying um can i join you in your walk with jesus and you're like yeah sure and jesus is like yeah join us so they're joining you in your walk with him whether it's you know in your silence or and you can, you don't have to stay in that you can change the topic you're just having enjoying each other's company and then someone else comes along and asks can i join in your walk as well and you're like yeah of course join us we'd love to and before you know it you have a crowd you have a community of jesus lovers of jesus followers who are transformed and transforming their neighborhood because of jesus you are the salt of the earth you are the light of the world because of jesus and you can rest because you're not the light jesus is the light begin again begin again in your walk with him his mercies are new every morning and his timing is always perfect it's never early and it's never late he delights in you and you are loved
1: you know i believe many of us have been on a real journey over these past several weeks and I hope that you're encouraged this morning when you hear that other people have been on that journey as well and so at this time I would invite you to take a look at the screens uh, because we've got Danica, and she is out at our perspective board so take a look.
3: Thank you. I'm here at the Perspective Board, as you can tell. you know, we have so many cool stories of testimonies where God has changed someone's perspective from one thing to another. And I've got two stories today. I've got Jenna and Priscilla with me. We're willing to share how God has changed their perspective. So Jenna, let's start with you. Tell me, how has God changed your perspective? Yeah, God's perspective change on my life has been very transformative for me. Um, Personally, I have gone through some scenarios in my life recently where I feel like I need to be the one to solve every problem and it's been putting a lot of pressure on myself but um, I tend to forget about the promises that God has had for me in those moments and um, there's been times where I've been convicted of being very prideful thinking that I can handle every situation I can fix everything Um, but God's been kind of tugging at my heart and saying slow down stop listen to me listen what I have planned and I've just been fully submitting to him and just letting him take the reins and I feel like that's really um, had a very positive impact on my life as of recently. So. And you know, that's so relevant. I feel like we all fall into that, where we know we can do it on our own, but God has a much better plan for us. You've experienced that, hey? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and tell me about Priscilla. What? How has God changed your
4: perspective? So how God has changed my perspective has been in the area of going through hard or difficult times. I remember two years ago, I went through a very tragic experience, and I would cry so much, my heart will physically hurt. And one day I cried out to God saying don't you care that I'm going through this and in that moment I heard a still small voice say you know God cares that you feel this way too in my defense if he did care I wouldn't be going through that in the first place but I remembered a scripture in John 16 that says in this world we will have trouble but God gives us peace and that was just the reassurance I needed to remind me of God's presence in that moment because changing my perspective didn't mean that I was ignoring what I was going through, but it just shifted my attention from my problem to God and recognizing that I have His peace to see me through. Mm
3: That's such a great scripture, too, about peace. And, and you're right, God uses us in every situation. The good, bat, he, he's going to give us peace if we ask for it. And that was two years ago, you said? Yeah,
4: that was two years ago. But that particular situation lasted a whole year. And I believe I only survived that year because my perspective was changed in that area. Because troubles will come. Like, it would be totally amazing to live in a world without trouble. But we, thank God he assures us of his peace in the midst of the trouble.
3: Amen to that. You know what? These are such great stories. And I know there's so many other stories out there where God has changed your perspective. We would love to hear them as well. You know what? We're going to head back into worship right now. We're going to praise God for who he is and how he has changed us. So take it away, worship team.
1: All right. Isn't that exciting to hear what God is doing in the lives of people over this perspective campaign? Yeah, we can give him some praise for that. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, for many of us, this journey has been about accepting uh, the fact that, that we are indeed blessed. You know, those Beatitudes that we started the whole study with. We are in, indeed blessed when we are poor in spirit. You know, Priscilla's story, you know, she went through a really tough time and she would have preferred to not go through that. But, you know, she discovered in that trial that she was blessed by drawing closer to God, even though she was poor in spirit. We are blessed when we mourn. We are blessed when we humble ourselves. And we are blessed when we admit and fully realize that we, we need God.
0: Amen. Good morning, Church of the Rock. It is good to see you today. It's an honor to be with you. We are going to look at a few concepts that we have gone through as a church through the Greater Perspective campaign. And uh, for this next little while, we're going to make an explosion. We're going to go over the F bomb. And if you know anything about the F bomb, it's just another word for forgiveness. And I love the fact that Pastor Mark called it forgiveness, the F bomb, because it does devastation to the kingdom of darkness. You know, you and I forget, we're in the middle of this war between two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of heaven. And each one of these kingdoms is trying to establish their culture here on this earth. How many of you guys have gone to another uh, country and experienced a a culture far different from your own, right? You can have some really interesting experiences if you're from one culture to the next, right if you go to certain c- countries they drive on the left side of the road instead of the right some cultures they'll uh, they'll come right up to you and they'll talk to you nose to nose canadians are like whoa you know take a step back some cultures when they meet you for the first time they'll come and smooch you right on the lips right like nice to meet you you know like sometimes it could be a little different right if you come from a different culture and no offense if you come from uh, those cultures. Those cultures are amazing. And even within our own in our own spheres, right? If you're at home, you open up a box of cookies, you figure out it's stale, what do you do? You throw out the box of cookies. But if you go to grandma's house and she offers you a stale cookie, what do you do? You eat the cookie. It's a sign of disrespect. When grandma offers you a cookie, you take the cookie, right? And so we have these different experiences with these different cultures and let me tell you the the culture of the kingdom of darkness is completely different at odds at opponent with the kingdom of heaven and uh and what the the kingdom of darkness is all about it's led by satan and his and his demonic forces it's their job to establish the culture and the culture is this anger bitterness hatred unforgiveness how are they doing in this world Pretty good, I'd say. Doing pretty good. Outrage, right? Even amongst God's people, we see that there's a little bit of a grip there. But God is so good. like He's so smart. He's smarter than you or me. I know you guys are really smart, but he's way smarter than us. And he knows how to deal with the ugliness of this culture. He has this weapon, this incredible thing, this weapon, it descends from heaven. It's like a bomb. And when it explodes, it explodes. It, it, it completely devastates the culture of darkness and it brings in restoration, unity, reconciliation, forgiveness, right? This is this is Jesus. This is what Jesus did. He came down, dropped the F bomb. In fact, it was God's plan, his secret plan to reconcile all people to him through this the power of forgiveness. Come on somebody. Amen. Right? Like there's this it's it's not a joke, right? It's not cavalier. It's it's, it's the very power of God. But here we are as Christians, and we have a hard time, if we're honest, forgiving people. And if that's you in the room, we're going to encourage you today to forgive those who, who have hurt you, even hurt you deeply than you could you ever think of. And our, the first thing I'd say to you is this, is to don't is to not betray your king. Do not betray your king. If you have your Bibles with you, if you turn to Matthew 18, we're going to look at a parable where Jesus is talking about forgiveness. And uh, if you want to go there, Matthew 18, verse 23, and we'll have it on the screen for you as well. It's from the New Living Translation. I'll read it to you here. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who, has decide- who decided to bring up his accounts, bring his accounts up to date, with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of the debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. Then the servant Went out there forgiving everyone all the time because he was a Christian. Amen. Let's pray. <laughs> no, actually, what the servant did, he got his account to zero and wanted to have a quick buck. He realized there was another servant that owed him money. He strangled his neck and said, You better pay me back, or else. The king hears about this, and we pick up in verse 32. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, you evil servant. I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. So here we see these two kingdoms kingdoms again. The kingdom of heaven is modeled by the king, right? To, To forgive. But the kingdom of darkness was modeled by the servant. Right? And so these two kingdoms are at play. And what the Bible tries to tell us to do is to put ourselves in the exact same position. That person who has hurt you, that person has betrayed you, that person who has offended you, you have this choice now in that, in that, in that position. You go, okay, you have, you can do two things. You can manifest You can call upon the powers of heaven. On earth as it is in heaven, you can draw this thing, this powerful thing called forgiveness and forgive everyone all the time, even that person who deeply hurts you. Or you can summon up Okay, whenever you're thinking of biz, uh, being bitter or you, just imagine you're creating the circle, you're drawing a pentagram, you're putting the, the candles nearby, and you're summoning uh, this evil, disgusting, bitter thing called unforgiveness, bitterness. And you've actually switched teams. You've gone from darkness into God's marvelous light, but now you're doing the work of the enemy. You've switched teams. How many of you guys have watched the World Cup last year, 2022, Anybody? A few people, okay. Just imagine for me, if you will, it was tied up, it's the last game, it's 3-3, and imagine if one of the France players decided to do something. Rips off his jersey, there's an Argentinian uh, jersey underneath, and he kicks the ball and it goes in his own net. What would happen? Mayhem. Mayhem, right? Something like this, not exactly the same, happened in 1992, and the guy got killed pretty intense right and that's just with soccer but yet we're dealing with something like forgiveness the very power of God and yet we do this to God all the time we don't forgive people so that's you this morning we want to encourage you who do you need to forgive your mom your dad your brother your sister your grandma your grandpa, I'm just going to keep on going until the Holy Spirit, like, pings someone for you, right? Your, your cousin, your auntie, your uncle, your brother-in-law, sister-in-law, your parents-in-law. You know, like, there's some, um, there's some nieces, nephews out there. Maybe your former, you know, church leadership, your current church leadership. Who do you need to forgive, right? And so, if you're with me on this, to not betray our king, we're going to look at a few things how to do it, and I'm not an expert on forgiveness by any means, but I do know there's a few things we can do, and we'll do well. The first one is this: is to ask God to bring our debt into high definition. Everyone, say high definition. You might have just a picture, just a sliver of what God has forgiven you, and maybe over, maybe you're, you've been a Christian for a long time, and you've actually forgotten the life it was like before you became a Christian. But if you ask God to give you the 4K picture of what he's forgiven, me, forgiven you and me, trust me, you will be overwhelmed and you'll realize the forgiveness you're giving out to someone else pales in comparison of what God has forgiven you. Let's bring it into high definition. The second thing is this. Form a deeper desire. Form a deeper desire. When someone hurts us, what's our first desire that we want? Revenge, right? If you think of the john wick series all these four movies are based on that one simple fact of human nature we want revenge we want retribution right but that's the kingdom of darkness the kingdom of heaven is different right so we need to form a deeper desire and what that means is think about that person who has hurt you so deeply and imagine them encountering the power of jesus being fully restored walking in humility and being everything that god has intended them to be I have this guy who um, said a lot of terrible things about me and my family and I have a hard time forgiving him. But when I think about him encountering the power of Jesus, I just think, what would it look like if he changed? What if he looked like if he walked in a manner worthy of the calling that, he's, that God has given him? How would it affect his family and his community and the people around him? I'm thinking, whoo. That's a way better scenario than I would have asked for, God, because I was praying the, Jesus, get them. <laughs> ever, anyone ever prayed that prayer before? The Jesus, get him prayer? And now it's turned from the Jesus, get him, to Jesus, get them into your kingdom. Form a deeper desire for that person. It will move and change your heart. And the third thing is this is to look at Joseph in the Old Testament with him and his brothers as a case study for forgiveness. And this comes out of a, a book called Total Forgiveness by R.T. Kendall. If you need a little extra for this, um, that's where I'd lead you to. I just want to show, share with you three things from that book that I think will serve us well today. And the first one is this. When you're offended by someone, to keep that offense to yourself. The first thing you want to do is to run that person's name through the mud. Like, amen? Like Jesus, get them. Right? But there has to be a deeper desire there and that's to keep it to ourselves to walk in the forgiveness with, of course, there's some exceptions there. Maybe the proper authorities need to know. Maybe your your husband and your wife needs to know. Maybe a counselor needs to know. Those are the exceptions. But otherwise, keep it to yourself. The second thing is, if it's appropriate, give them, decide to bless them. Joseph was left for dead for his brothers and he could have let his brothers starve, but instead he blessed them. So if you can do that to the person who's hurt, hurt you, trust me, there's, there's be, there'll be some good changes in your heart as well. And the final thing is commit to, a life, to lifelong forgiveness. Right? You, need to, you might need to forgive them today and tomorrow and the next week and next month and years from now you'll need to forgive them. And, and that's okay. That's just how it works. Commit to it. What would it look like if we as a church community decided to forgive everyone all the time, drop that F-bomb, decide that we are not going to do the enemy's job for them, amen? We are going to manifest the kingdom of heaven wherever we go. And so I'm going to call up Amber right now, but as she's coming up, I'm just going to pray for us that God will give us that ability because it's hard to do. Let's pray. God, thank you that you're in the midst of us right now. And that you are calling hearts to forgive. And that you're manifesting this powerful thing of forgiveness, God. And it's hard to do, God. And I know there might be a lot of people with all these different excuses or reasons why it shouldn't be possible. But God, we know that when we forgive, it's for you. And when we don't forgive, it's to betray you. So God, would you help us? Give us the power to forgive who we need to forgive this morning. And for maybe our entire lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Before
1: we get Matt back up here to conclude his message this morning, I just want to share a scripture with you um, that I hope will encourage you to not just be hearers of the word, of this good news that we have heard, uh, but that we would also be doers of it as well. You know, this, this study on the greater perspective was never intended to be an intellectual exercise. You know, this is supposed to be the first step to our lifelong journey toward the calling uh, that Jesus has for us. And so if we uh, look to the screen, Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27, says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Was its fall. I believe that we as a church and you as individuals, myself included, we are being called today to make a choice whether we're going to build our house on the sand or if we're going to build our house on the rock. And I believe that we are being challenged to allow God to turn our lives upside down in the very best way and to take what we have learned over these past several weeks. And make sure that that knowledge flows from our heads and to our hearts and then to our hands and then to our feet. Let's not just be knowers. Let's not just hear and know. Let's do. Matt?
0: All right. Church, we're going to conclude by looking at being salt and light to our world. And uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to jump to Matthew 5, verse 13. And if you don't have it with you, that's okay too. We've got it on the screen. And uh, we'll read it together. Here we go. Verse 13. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. That's the salt. Verse 14. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand, where it gives gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. Now, when we read that, kind of at first glance, there's a, a few ways to interpret it. I don't know if you've ever been in Boy Scouts or Brownies or anything like that, but they have something similar. They have the Scouts' honor, right? They have this promise. They have this oath to do all that they can for their community, right? And it kind of feels like Jesus is asking us to do the same thing, right? Be good little Christians, right? Be do-gooders. Help that person across the street. Do what you can so that people know that you're a good person and that God is good, right? And if we look at it that way, which many people often do, It can become problematic. Let me give you a scenario. Imagine you are in construction. You're a person who works with their hands. You do hard labor. And you visit a construction site. You've got a job. And you've realized that everyone at your job site is a non-Christian. And the type of non-Christians that are very much non-Christians, if you can get my drift here. Right? but you've read, you've read this right? you've read the, the scripture of, of what Jesus calls us to be salt and light and you go okay let's do this I'm going to spend the entire week I'm not going to swear or cuss yeah that's going to do it oh you know what anytime they have like rude you know comments or you know uh, they make jokes that demean people I'm going to stay out of it if there's ever a time they ask me to do recreational drugs after work mm-mm, I'm going to articulate exactly why I don't do those things Right? I'm not saying every construction site is like this, by the way. It's just, there might be a one or two, right? But just imagine for us, if you will. And you decide, oh, I'm being salt and light. There's a couple of problems with that. First of all, there's a huge target on your back. And the second problem is this. What happens when you screw up? What happens when you do cuss? What happens when you do lose your temper? What happens when you do the non-Christian thing? What's going to happen to everyone who's looking at you? Who's got the target on you? What are they going to think? They're going to go, "Aha! I knew it! I knew this goody-two-shoes Christian couldn't keep it together. He's false. His religion is false. His God is f- is false." Oh, that's why I don't go to church because all those Christians are all hypocrites. They say one thing and do the other. That's why I'll never become a Christian. That's why I don't believe in Jesus. And you think, wait, wait, wait. I just, I just read Jesus' words and it said, if I do good deeds, people are going to praise my Heavenly Father. Oh. And then you think, maybe you'll get guilty. It's like, maybe I wasn't perfect enough. The real, real th- reason is, If you try to win the people around you simply by policing your moral behavior, it's not going to work. Why? You're going to fail. You're just as broken as them. Guess what? The dirty little secret might be you might be more broken than them. And that's why you needed Jesus. Right? And so instead, there's something different. There's a deeper meaning here. It it means we do good deeds. Don't, Don't miss that. It means we do good deeds. But there's something deeper that happens here. And let me just tell you, let me be honest with you, I'm probably the worst person to talk about this. I am horrible at being salt and light to the people around me. I wait for the easiest, safest possible moment to shine my light. Okay? So it's so, like, okay, I'm gonna be in a church, I'm gonna in a you know, in a in a youth group setting full of mostly Christians. I'm gonna wine and dine them with games, candy, and music. And oh, it's my job. So I guess when all of those things come. Together in fruition, I'm gonna shine my light. Hey everybody, I'm a Christian, I'm gonna, you know, try to do my thing. Right? I tell you it's pathetic, right? It's pathetic. And I tell you that just to be honest, right? And in hopes that you would be honest with yourself too. And like I said, I don't know a lot about this, but I do know a few a few things. And there's there's ditches that we can fall into. And the one is being, when we're shining our light, when we're being salt and earth to the people around us, we could become people policers, or we can become people pleasers. Did you catch it? People policers and people policers, right? The people policers, you know who they are, right? They're the ones that know their Bible. They know their theology. They're going to tell you when you're wrong, how you're wrong, and how to fix it, right? And they speak all of this truth into the scenario no matter what often unsolicited (laughs) and they might speak all this truth but maybe no grace but then there's these other people the people pleasers and they found this nice comfortable position it's so nice it's where the least amount of people hate them and the most amount of people like them they get invited to dinner parties Right? those are those people and so they, 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 they give all this grace but they don't show any truth the people pleasers over here they may, may win an argument but they've lost a relationship but the people pleasers over here may gain the relationship but have lost their integrity those are the two dishes we need to stay away from instead we need to do I think a, just a couple of f- uh, simple things one is we need to do extraordinary things and ordinary things in great love extraordinary things and ordinary things in great love we need to serve our community what would it look like for the people policers instead of just saying what they believe instead they show people how much they love them and care for them and then share the truth what would it look like for for people the people pleasers to step out of that comfort zone and say, you know what, I do love you, but also there's this other thing. There's this Jesus who calls us to a different standard and, you know, it might be a little offensive to you, but trust me, it will set you free. What would it look like if we served our community, did the extraordinary and the ordinary things in great love? What would it look like if you are that construction worker and you just walked in there humbly and said, yeah, guys, I'm probably going to swear, I'm probably going to lose my cool, but guess What? Um, I, I know Jesus, and that's why I actually went to Jesus. You might see a little bit of the residue of my old life, but trust me, He's taking me somewhere different, right? What would it look like if you went into your look like if you went into your family and you decided to not get offended by anything they said? You're just going to be like Teflon, right? What would it look like? And also, what it would look like for our entire church if we stepped out of our four walls, decided to not overschedule our weeks so that we would have time, we would have margin, we'd have space for the people who need to hear God's word and experience God's love. Is there any other time like this in the last couple of decades that people need to know Jesus? With the health crisis, the mental health crisis that's going on, what's going on in our world? People need to see your light. People need to be preserved by the salt of who we are and how Jesus has called us to be. What would it look like if we took that heavenly culture everywhere we go? I think Jesus would be proud. And I don't think we'd betray our King that way. Let's stand together. If you can do me a favor, if you can close your eyes and bow your head, heads for just one moment here. We give an opportunity for people to begin to follow Jesus this morning. And we didn't necessarily go through the gospel, if, but if I can be quick and show you what it's, what it's all about, it's this. It's real simple. That you and I are way more messed up than we think we are, but we are loved deeper than we could ever imagine. And before you get offended, let me just tell you there's so much beauty there. It doesn't have to be about you earning, deserving love, deserving or earning your value or your worth. It all is about Jesus. You just have to fix your eyes on God. God told you how much you're worth. You don't have to strive anymore. He loves you, despite of how messed up we are. It's a, oh, it's, it's a beautiful gospel. And if you want to start following Jesus this morning, all it does is take repentance, saying, okay, I've been doing it my own way. And I need a change. I need to start doing it the way that Jesus has called me to do it. The Sermon of the Mount is a perfect place to start. And if that's you this morning, we're going to make it really easy for you. And with everyone's eyes closed, their heads are bowed. um, If that's you, just raise your hand. And as soon as I see it, you can put it down again. So you can do that now if there's anyone here in the room that would like to take a step. Yeah, I see that hand to the side. Thank you. Thank you very much. You can put it down. Great. Wow, amazing. Well, we're not going to single anyone out. I didn't see any other hands, but let's let's go through this uh, prayer together as a church. Okay, here we go. Repeat after me, dear Lord Jesus. I confess I've been a sinner, walking in my own way, doing my own thing, and that's why I need your help. That's why I need your forgiveness. And that's why I need your Holy Spirit to guide me. And that's why I need your word to light my feet. That, that I might walk a path that you are leading me down. Would you forgive me now, Lord Jesus? Everything I've done to separate myself from you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Let's give Jesus a hand. Thanks for joining us. We want to help you know God, live free, and find purpose. To find resources to grow in your relationship with Christ, go to churchoftherock.ca slash next. You can also join us at one of our campuses, including our interactive online campus at churchoftherock.live. For locations, service times, or to support the ministry of Church of the Rock, please go to churchoftherock.ca or download the Church of the Rock app.